Hi, everyone, and welcome to In the Red Zone, the NFL podcast that's part of the Total Sports 24-7 Network. This is Chris Hayes, the host and producer for this podcast and all podcasts across the Total Sports 24-7 Network. You can find us on X at Total Sports underscore 247. You can find all of our archived episodes on our website at totalsports247.podbean.com. Consider subscribing to our newsletter, weekinweekout.substack.com as well. We have a guest on the episode today who I might as well be calling a co-host at this point. We are covering the conference championships today, and we have Fred Dinger 2-3 back with us. Craig Caspiano, Fred Dinger 2-3 on X. Craig, how did we do last week? How are we feeling about this week? Thanks for coming back to the show. Tell us what you're feeling. Well, thanks for having me. I think I'm still a guest, though. I don't know about co-host, but I like <laughs> the guest spot is good. Last week, I think we did well. I think uh, some good analysis out there. I was five and three overall. Um, you know, the likely over 34 and a half, he went to 34. So that that kind of stung, but that's the name of the game. That brings my in the red zone record to 22 and 15. Mm-hmm. So we're right still at that, still at 59%. Want to get over that hump. I want to get over 60%. So hopefully this this weekend we can do that. But uh, exciting. Four teams left, four best, four, the four best teams and yeah. ready to go. Yeah. I, you know, I think they're the four best teams too. And in retrospect, picking the Bills last week, you know, I do think, after watching that game, maybe the Chiefs are, you know, the better team. And I do think all uh, four of the best teams advanced. I was not as fortunate as a five and three record. We did take some <laughs> proverbial shots down the field or metaphorical shots down the field uh, last week with some touchdown bets that did not hit. Um, we only hit on the Detroit Tampa over and Cade Otten over receiving yards, which I think you had too, right? We both hit on that one. Uh, yeah, I had that else, too. Yeah, yeah. Everything some of else our, you know, off. some of our picks are very, very thought out and data, data centric. But you know, the the art of gambling is fun too. So you want to take those long yeah. shots, right? Go down the yeah. field. I mean, Dalvin Cook gets on the field, got the 20, 20 yard run going, and all of a sudden, you're getting excited. He's in the and game, they, and all of a sudden they take him out, right? But he came back in. He just didn't, 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 didn't hit one for you. Yeah, they didn't go to him in that goal to go. Oh, and I think I told you this during the game. I I think. Um, remember, uh, audience, we've talked about how you always want to shop around for your bets, right? And when, when we talk about bets here, we try and give you the best in-the-moment bets at the time of recording. But they'll move by the time you listen. And I we had Cook at 700, plus 700 on the, on the pod. And I think he was plus 1,100. Did I tell you that? On FanDuel, like during the game, he went like crazy high. Yeah, yep, yep. So we took that and uh, unfortunately did not hit, but um, that's okay. We're not going to do um, DFS today for the record. Um, I'm tired of losing in DFS, to be honest, so I decided to scrap that from the episode. We had Debo Samuel in our lineup last week, which... um, which was unfortunate for the DFS lineup overall. Our receivers did not perform well. And so uh, Debo is one of my props too. And I had him on FanDuel. And yeah. I don't know if I, if you saw, if I sent this to you, that if you had him on DraftKings, they voided the bet for you. Mm-hmm. And FanDuel did not do the same. So 
two of no. the three losses was a half yard and an injury. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, FanDuel allowed him to stay in my fantasy lineup as well. And so that 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 hurt the overall number there. But we're moving on from that. We're going to cover the two games that are taking place on Sunday. The AFC Championship is first and then the NFC. So let's dive right in to the Chiefs and Ravens. I'm going to, per usual, frame the conversation around DraftKings uh, spreads and totals and money lines. But we will let you know what the best bets are. As we get into the conversation. So we've got Kansas City going to Baltimore. Odds on DraftKings right now are Baltimore minus four with the total at 44 and a half. If you want Casey on the money line, it's plus 164. Baltimore on the money line is minus 198. So Craig, let's hear your thoughts on the AFC championship. Yeah, so for this game, the gameplay I have is on the total, but that the lean for me in the in the line right now is the Ravens. I believe they're the dominant team. Yeah. I do, as you know, I do like the KC championship pedigree, the coaching staff, Mahomes and Kelsey, you know, as the sort of pillars of that that team or the faces of the team. I think it that's they that gives me enough to stay away from the line. Mm-hmm. But I am on on the over 44 and a half. And that's at DraftKings at minus 108. Okay, and I think DraftKings and FanDuel are, um, have the same exact line at this point in time. Yeah, um, when I looked, and you know the reason, you know, we've talked a few times about the Kansas City D. Um, yeah, they are better, but I the Ravens are putting up points against anyone right now. It does mm-hmm. not matter. Their December run has been thirty-seven against the Rams, twenty-three at Jacksonville, thirty-three at San Francisco, fifty-six at home against Miami. Week 18, they, week 18, they didn't play anyone. And then last yeah. week, 34. Yeah. It just, they're, they're a juggernaut offensively. I think that, and I think that the KC offense has also figured some things out and they found their identity a little bit. Yeah. And so I think that they're going to be able to score 20 plus. So that's where I am putting my money on the over 44 and a half. And the last part I'll throw in is that 40 degrees or mid 40s at kickoff is going to be a heat wave and perfect weather for these two teams. So yeah, neither team should no be bothered weather. by the by the weather in this game. It's it's almost it's not a factor finally for Kansas City. Right. So the, you know, you're going from playing in zero, zero and in single degrees and wind chills and that it, it should just be a non-issue um for either team. So I'm on the Ravens. Like you said, it was your lean. We have a three and a half line out there at FanDuel at minus 115. So that's the line that I'm going to take. You know, a lot of the same reasons that you just talked about the over for apply to why I like the Ravens. We, you know, they're getting Mark Andrews back. Sounds like he's going to be healthy. That's a big feather in their cap. They're also getting uh, Marlon Humphrey back in on the defense, which I like. He's a, he's a pretty good player. And uh, that's uh that should strengthen that secondary against Mahomes and maybe he takes on rice and and limits his um ability to you know hit explosive plays and you know tries to shut him down and make make Mahomes go to some other weapons that we've talked about before I particularly don't trust and and so I think both of those additions coming off of the injury list are huge for uh Baltimore 
And like you said, they they are an offensive juggernaut. I don't know how anybody's going to stop whatever Lamar Jackson wants to do. It, he's got a ton of weapons, and it feels like they can use any of those weapons, like kind of whenever they want. It's a little bit challenging to predict who's going to break out game by game for this Baltimore team because they have the depth. When you look at Kansas City, they're kind of structured in the same way, but their plays just aren't as good, right? When you look at Kansas City, it's like, oh, it could, at least at the beginning of the season, you were thinking, oh, it could be Kelsey, it could be Rice, it could be Valdez Scanting, it could be Tony, it could be whoever, right? And then everybody who they have in their backfield. Like, it seemed like they had a lot of players who could potentially be a leader any given week. Now, as the season has gone on, that has not happened because those secondary players have not stepped up. Whereas Baltimore, I feel like that could still happen any given week. And uh, with the addition of Andrews coming back to the offense, I like Baltimore to maybe run away with this one. Okay, Matt, I, that, that's fair. And the KC does have a couple of key injuries as well. They're guys that we may not, that may not play, right? A, a starting offensive uh, lineman, Joe Tooney. Yep. And their starting safety left the game real early last week. And mm-hmm. he's in concussion protocol, Mike Edwards. So I agree with you. Um, you know, I think Valdez Scaling had his best game of the year last year, and Mahomes will continue to push it. So Yeah, and, and yeah, he did he did finally, you know, he and he did have a couple good catches. Like one was particularly like a challenging catch that he actually made. Yeah, so I, I, I could see it that way. I can't see it the opposite way that KC runs away. Yeah. Um, but still, you know, I, th- I, I, I think it's going to be the better game. In my opinion, it'll be the better game of the two. Do you have any props for this one? I do. I have uh, one prop and then one lean, just depending on that injury news. But so, you know, funny, I, I have Lamar under 66 and a half rushing yards. He's at minus 114 on FanDuel. Uh-huh. He only he only surpassed that number three times in the regular season, and mm. then of course last week. It's a little surprising. Yeah. So looking into it, I you know we 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 just talked. You just mentioned a few things. I think the offense is is more balanced. They don't have to rely as much on his legs. I do think we have they have two two good running backs, and their running back room is a little bit has more depth with Cook now. It so. 66 and a half is the number I found. It's also 64 and a half and 63 and a half on other books. So another one yeah. of those lines that might be just a little bit off on FanDuel. They tend to always be a little different. I don't know when I'm, the more we're doing this, they have this couple of yards off on leans that I have, and they're always at minus 114. So yeah. I'm, I'm taking that. I'm taking the under. I don't think they're going to have to rely on his legs as much as they did last week. Well, that was the book, too, that had Dalvin Cook at plus 1,100. They were I, I, Now, I don't know if they were an outlier because I only compared it to one other book. But, yeah, yeah, that's why you shop around, right? Especially, like I mentioned last week, on these plays that don't have as much money coming in, I think you can see more volatility and variance among books. That's just my, my hunch. Yeah. I have a few plays prop-wise. So similar to yours with Lamar, I have Gus Edwards under 41 and a half at plus 110 on DraftKings. And it's because they're likely to have so many different weapons in that backfield. Even if they don't go to Cook and it's just Lamar and Justice Hill and 
uh, Edwards, that's still a lot. Edwards only had 10 carries in uh, the, the previous round, and he got 40 yards. But, like, you know, they use him in those short yardage situations. So he needs a little bit more volume to get his yards. And, you know, I think they... They they used Hill more last week, and, and of course, Lamar's going to likely carry the ball at least eight times, if not more. So that's why I like Edwards at under 41 and a half. I, I think they might use him a little bit more in uh, like a neatly defined role where it's sort of like, you know, maybe early in the game and then like red zone opportunities, which to me would limit his yardage potential. So that's the first one I have. And then I am going with some touchdown props. And I'm going to go with the tight ends. I think they're both going to score. So I've got Kelsey, anytime touchdown at plus 115. And Andrews, not likely, Andrews, anytime touchdown at plus 210. I think they're going to want to get Andrews involved and have him be the guy. And so uh, I, I think 210 is a really good number for him and that's posted on DraftKings right now and then uh, Kelsey they're going to need to get involved in order to win I think they're going to have to be you know they're going to have to have their uh, offense be very high volume towards Kelsey and I think that means you know double digit targets with with a couple for uh red zone opportunities so the other the other prop that I did not mention yet and I have I'm looking at it's not a play um, I might play it based on Andrews, making sure he plays. Oh, and got it. Currently, he's at 35 and a half yards at MGM minus 110. Uh-huh. The, his, his lowest receiving game all year was 35 yards. Oh, wow. Okay. So, again, not not an official play at this point, but um, I if he is ruled in, active, then I will most likely play that and – Hopefully it doesn't jump too high, but that yeah, feels like it, a pretty good number. It does. Yep. If it I mean, it, in my mind, if he plays like, what what are you thinking? Like if he plays, I'm thinking that he's going to play a lot. Like if he plays, then he's playing 80 to 90% of the snaps. That's what I think. Like they might use, you know, some two tight end formations, but I, I think Andrew, I don't think they're going to ease him in. I think they're just going to play him. Yeah. I, that, I don't know. I don't know if I feel as strong as that that high volume first game yeah. back, but because yeah. likely is he's he's a great option. He is, but thirty five yards is three to four targets for and 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 I do think he'll get he'll get those. So yeah. who who you know maybe they'll both be involved. And again, that that just that um, sort of backs up our conversation about the Baltimore offense. And the yes. options and the depth, and they're going to be able to go different different places with the football. Yeah, I, yeah, they definitely can. I was thinking of taking one more, but I'm going to pass. Like Nelson Aguilar at 14 and a half for yards was something that I was intrigued by. But I think, as I mentioned, it's like a little bit unpredictable to figure out what receivers are going to be primary receivers for Jackson on any given day outside of Andrews when he's healthy. So we're going to pass on that. Did you see a prop for likely? I'm looking at DraftKings right now, and I I don't see him listed for a prop at all on um, receiving yards. Do you see him out there anywhere? 
nothing came across for me on him. I did not see anything yet, but I did not, I did not dig too deep on him. I don't yeah. see anything. I don't either. You know, that's probably yeah. why. Yeah. So we'll, you know, if something comes up, maybe we can um, post something on X about uh, prop for for likely if it ends up coming up before kickoff. If um, if his if his props come up or if you know that affects you know Andrews or or anything else around this offense, um, that might be something to watch. I'm a, it it's a little been, curious it, that he doesn't have one. It might have been lower. It might have been around twenty one and a half. Mm, okay. Well, I'm looking outside of DraftKings right now. I do see twenty one and a half posted i just don't know what book that is on there it's just listed as 21 and a half okay okay well let's summarize quickly and then we'll move into the second game the nfc so i like the ravens minus three and a half at minus 115 craig likes the over 44 and a half i like edwards under 41 and a half rushing yards at plus 110 and i like kelsey anytime touchdown at plus 115 and Mark Andrews anytime touchdown at plus two ten, and you have Lamar uh, under on yardage. What was the yardage number again? Sixty six and a half on Fanduel at minus one fourteen. Okay, great. And that was all that you had for that, right? Yep. The lean and we're keeping an eye on the Andrews number and, and his at, an and, and his status, and then the just to give you one quick nugget, unlikely that he is posted on Fanduel only. At mm. 21, and a, 21 and a half right now. Okay. 21 and a half. I feel like that's a stay away for now until we find out, like, maybe closer to kickoff what's going on with Andrews. I agree. That's probably why no one else has it yet. And yeah, uh, right. there's just some question marks. And it'd be interesting to see how how much these lines move for either of them. Yeah. Agreed. Very interesting. Okay, our second game is uh, Detroit at San Francisco. Now, this line just moved as I was looking at it, or the 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 waiting or the the juice moved. So, the, at uh, DraftKings right now, we've got uh, Detroit plus seven and a half at minus one twenty. San Fran is favored at plus one hundred. So, San Francisco minus seven and a half at plus one hundred. Total's been pretty steady at fifty one and a half. Money line for Detroit is plus 270. Money line for San Fran is minus 340. So, Craig, let's hear what you think of the NFC championship. This this should be an interesting conversation for uh for debate, considering we we might be on opposite sides in this one. Yeah, so I'm taking the seven. It's still out there on FanDuel, minus seven on the 49ers, uh, minus 120. It's expensive. As we've been talking beforehand, the lines are moving. Um, up that half point um, on a couple other books. So I I just don't think the Lions pass defense is going to be able to slow down this offense. Um, I do. And I do think the San Francisco defense is going to make enough plays to cover, to win and cover. I know Debo's 50, 50. I don't think that matters. I think Kittle will get more, more of a role here. I think Juwan Jennings filled in nicely last week. He's pretty good. I've always liked him. He's, he's a, uh... He's big and he played well. He's a really good reserve wide receiver as a as someone to come off your bench. I like him a lot. Yeah, I think and 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 then you know Ayuk. There they we didn't even say you know I didn't say yet Ayuk or CMC. So I I just think the weapons are still there. 
the the time I I think to get San Fran and beat them was last week. They uh-huh. came out, they were slow, they weren't ready for the weather. Believe it or not, even being at home, they were slipping and sliding. <laughs> they the the one thing they did do is shut down the Green Bay offense in the red zone, though. Yeah. I mean, so they they were doing that. They weren't giving up touchdowns, and that's another another thing. Detroit. You know, if they if they can't score touchdowns, they're not gonna they're not gonna win the game, and I don't think they cover. So I'm taking the other side of this. I like the Lions at plus seven and a half, and it is at minus one twenty on DraftKings right now. I think the Lions are going to take a little bit of a different approach in this game. I think they're going to want to try to keep the ball as much as they can and use both Montgomery and Gibbs. To do that, I think Laporta could help in the short to intermediate passing game as well. I think Detroit has enough weapons to keep up with this high-powered San Francisco offense. And I think that like their ability to run the ball, to me, is going to be the factor that determines whether or not Detroit can keep pace with San Francisco and potentially win this game. I think they can do that. And I think they will do so successfully. On the other side of things, I am more concerned about the Debo injury, not because I don't like Joan Jennings. Of course, I do. It's just that Jennings isn't going to play the Debo role. He might play for Debo, but he's not going to be that Swiss Army knife. He doesn't have that skill set. No one, I mean, and not to blame Jennings, like no one else in the league really has the same skill set that Debo has. So I do think that that narrowing of the playbook should help Detroit defensively. I think they could get after Purdy a little bit with some pressure. I think they'll try and bring as much pressure pretty consistently throughout the game. And I think they can stay within this seven and a half. I really like the hook. I think that's an important part of this, of this play. And so um, that's what we're going to take. That's, that's the play that I like. What yeah, do you got I, pr- I think the hook, the hook is yeah, big. Yeah, for sure. And it could, in the way, it kind of go up again. Who knows? As as more people, that's true. Tend to bet bet the favorite, right? And so maybe that, and the numbers keep. Maybe it goes to to, to eight. Who knows? It, I think it could. I mean, if 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 we're if we're at seven and a half now, and the Lions are minus one twenty, I don't know. It'll. I think it'll. I think. I mean, we we've seen more movement on that than the total. The total's been pretty flat ever since. Uh, the open. So do you have any props for this game? I have one prop uh, taking the Kittle over receiving yards. It's at 61 and a half. It's on FanDuel mm-hmm. at minus 114, their favorite number. And, yeah. you know, it's it's straightforward with the Debo injury, more targets. I think Detroit does not match up well against the tight end position. I think we've covered that. Yes, we have. Um, yeah, you're right. You yeah. Know, and I, when he he had seven targets last week with with the way that game plan and with the game with the way the game unfolded, I think even with Debo in the game, if he does play, they're still going to target Kittle given Detroit's inability to cover the tight end. And if Debo's out, he even gets even more targets. So yeah, I think it's just a heavy dose of Kittle on on Sunday. So there are a couple props that I have in this game and they back up uh, my uh, analysis of the game. The first is David Montgomery over 43 and a half yards. I think he is going to get more touches than he's been getting recently. 
And like if he's in the range of 15 or so touches, I think he hits that number and I think he goes over easily. And uh, like I said, I think they're going to try and play a little bit more possession football and uh, keeping of the ball than they're accustomed to. Like, I don't think they had to play that against Tampa, right? They could just play like their regular offense and use their weapons, whatever they need to do. But I think the game plan versus San Fran has to be different and they have to use those, use that two headed (laughs) monster, so to speak in the backfield that they have. And, you know, Montgomery's a top 10 running back, really. He, he finished ninth on the, um, on the season in yards with a thousand yard season. He, is capable of carrying the ball upwards of 20 times a game. They just have Gibbs where they use him as their change of base. You know, it's like 60, 40, almost 50, 50 in that backfield. But, you know, I I can see him getting upwards of 15 carries in this game. And if he does, I think he's going to go well over that number. And then on the flip side, I think Purdy's passing yards are too high on FanDuel. Right now he's at 277 and a half. And without, without, uh, without Debo, I just think that number is, kind of high and even with him it's not like san francisco can't score with purdy having lower numbers than that right when you look at the green bay game with 252 the prior to that with washington 230 prior to that with baltimore 255 prior to that with arizona 242 so the last four times he's been out that number has not hit that 277 and a half and I just think that's a large number for um, especially for a playoff game. And I get that Detroit is, you know, weak in the secondary and and that you, you can throw on them. But I think that the nature of the game is going to be a little bit slower than people think. And so I'm going um, under 277 and a half. So that's minus 115. I didn't mention with Montgomery, the over 43 and a half is minus 110. So those are two plays that I like. Anything else on you, this game? You have a lean to you have a lean to both backs going over. You think both of them be used equally? Um, they'll probably be used equally, yes. But the thing with Gibbs is that I always wonder if they're going to use him more in the running game or in the passing game. So I'm staying away from his odds. Um, I, I I think that Montgomery, you know, being the more traditional of the two running backs, I think he, you know, they might use him equally, but but. I think the potential is that Montgomery gets more touches on the ground and Gibbs gets more touches in the, in the passing game. So I can see like Montgomery getting, you know, 15 carries, maybe Gibbs getting 12 Gibbs getting five catches and Montgomery getting two, something like that, you know, that's what I'm thinking. Any other thoughts on this game? What about your boy, Sam Laporta? I know we haven't talked about him, but no, I don't. I don't have anything on 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 Laporta. I, I he's always going to be involved, right? And him yeah. and Sam Brown. I mean, there's plenty of weapons over there, like you said. So he's someone to keep an eye on, and he could show up in the tutty time. You never know. Oh, he could. He could. You know. But before we uh, wrap up here, we didn't talk about the total. Do you have a lean on the total at fifty one and a half? I myself think it's like kind of right on and. Uh, I'm like, I could see this being 27 to 24, which is kind of why I like the lions, but I I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a specific inclination to go either way on this. No, I don't. I, I don't. If, 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 
my analysis of the game, and if the Niners go up a couple of scores and they run out, it doesn't mean there's not a backdoor cover yep. on a seven and a half or yep. an over. Or the total. Or the total. So, no, I don't uh, I don't have a play there. It, it, you know, another interesting part to this game is the coaching matchup. I mean, it's not usually something that you look at too closely in the regular season or, or that's interesting or it's part of the strategy. Um for watching a game, but Dan Campbell brings that to these games. I think he it does. interesting to see, you know, if, if they're fourth and three on their own 45 early in the game, if they're going, they're going. for it, they're going, if they're punting, if they're fake punt, like there's definitely going to be, I think uh, a player or two for both of these coaches, like Shanahan doesn't seem to be as um, forward with he's strategic before the game or at halftime. So what he draws up, but the Dan Campbell decisions are front and center almost every game. So. Yeah, they are. Yeah, there's there's no way Detroit doesn't have plays up their sleeve that they want to run in this game if if situations present themselves, be it two point conversions, fake fake field goals, fake punts, whatever it is. Like they've got a couple things, maybe a a flea flicker or some sort of halfback. Pa- like they're gonna have they're gonna empty that playbook to try and get past the Niners. Don't you think? Sure. And if nothing else, they've created that that at least um, sort of, I don't know, acknowledgement of that for the 49ers to be ready for anything. The mentality, so, right? Yeah, exactly. Created that mentality. If we as fans are thinking about it, then they're going to be ready for anything. And that's that's a fun part of the game. Yeah. It's, yeah. It could be like, you know, fourth and one or fourth and two, you know, midfield, what have you. And San Fran might be thinking, might overthink some plays, and then they just like run it up the middle for a first down, something like that. Like they might, because they've created this idea that they'll do anything, maybe more conventional plays will actually work. Right. Yeah. And it's funny. Like if you're watching the broadcast these days, any fourth down that's that could be questioned or is they always pan to the coaches now. They're looking at the sideline. Who's, you know, are the quiz, the quarterback moving off the field? Is the punt team running in? It's, it's created a little bit more of a dynamic in a lot of games. You know, I think Todd Bowles was shown a few times last week. Yeah. Yeah. What's he going to do? Right. Like is, you know, in, in, in these kind of games, these do or die games, there's, uh, there's even more of that. So it was, you know, now that you mentioned that it was funny. So I was watching a little bit of Pat McAfee this week. He had Greg Olson on and he McAfee was, McAfee seems to really like Greg Olson and he was talking to him about how, you know, every time there's like a situation where it's, you know, fourth and medium or whatever, he's like every single analytic, they were talking about the the role of analytics moving forward in the NFL. He's like, it just says go all the time. Like, what do you like? He's like, this is, it's, it's like kind of comical how it, you know, it seems like every situation that presents itself, it's like, go, go, go. And Olson's like, well, if it's like, it was funny, his response. He's like, well, if it's fourth and 12 from the 30, we're not going to put up analytics that say punt. <laughs> I was like, okay, that was pretty good. So it can feel like more and more analytics are just, uh, influencing coaches to be uh, to embrace risk more than maybe they did a few years ago. But it also could be that that's what's being talked about more. Yeah, and they dove into, we don't need to cover a lot of this, but they dove into the two-point decision. Yes, and if that makes sense analytically, and I know Greg Olson, I saw that too. And he said, well, it's just, it's not, it's here to stay, you know, yeah, as I think the, he's right. the old regime or the, the more tenured coaches are leaving and the younger, younger coaches are coming in. It's, it's more modern part of the game now. 
And it seems to be bubbling up from lower levels of football too. Like you see it at you know high school and college level where they're you know, they're going for stuff all the time now. It seems like across the board, more teams at lower levels are going for it, and it seems like that mentality is sort of trickling up to the NFL. I mean, that happens sometimes in sports. Like we saw it with you know RPO basically started in college and now has moved up to the NFL. So you see trends like that happen, um, and they they do trickle upwards. So my Matt, my John Madden NFL football play has finally translated to the NFL. What is your John? What is that? Well, we don't punt and we go for two. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. I see. I see. Yeah. The 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 approach that you take in Madden is what you're saying is 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 now a reality in the NFL. Exactly. So maybe I'm on my way to the NFL. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Let's summarize our picks for this game. I have the Lions plus seven and a half at minus 120 and you're going with the Niners minus seven is that at one that was at 120 as well right also minus 120 yep. okay and then my props were Purdy under 277 and a half yards passing at minus 115 and uh, Montgomery over 43 and a half yards at minus 110 and you had Kittle was it 61 and a half 61 and a half receiving yards on FanDuel minus 114 so those are our plays for the Lions and the Niners. Anything else before we get out of here, Craig? No, look forward to Sunday. Uh, we'll be, uh, you and I will be at a sports book watching them. So I'm excited yes, about will. that. And we will get a tutty time out there and see if we can't hit a big one. So stay tuned for that tutty time. Follow Fred Dinger 23 on X. You can follow me at total sports underscore. 247. Thanks for listening, everybody, to this episode of In the Red Zone. Enjoy the championship games, and we will be back next week for a Super Bowl preview. So stay tuned for that in your podcast feeds. Until then, enjoy the games.